Welcome to The Receptive Life. We're learning how to fight against the unholy trinity, to defend ourselves with the work and the promises of Jesus, and also learning how to receive uh, all of the gifts that only can come from the triune God. So we're in this first station of the daily practice where we make the sign of the cross. And when we do that, we also say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. And so we have the work of Jesus placed upon us. Also, we have the name of the triune God. And this declares to the devil uh, that we no longer belong to him. We renounce his works and his ways and uh, we, we belong to Jesus Christ. So when we make the sign of the cross and we say that invocation, we're receiving. We're not performing. We're receiving the works of, of Jesus. And uh, these works are always against the ways of the unholy trinity. And uh, the waters of baptism remind us of that, that we, that we die uh, with Jesus Christ. Our sins are placed on him. We die to the ways of this world but then we also uh, are resurrected with him. We live with him. Uh, as Galatians says, um, we have been crucified with Christ and uh, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we're going to talk about the cross as uh, the Christian's way of life. So in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus explains to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem that he must suffer uh, many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And then he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, Peter takes Jesus aside um, and he says to him, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, and he says to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of, of men. And so um, Jesus then says to his disciples after that, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny uh, themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And then he says, well, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what, what can anyone exchange uh, for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And so Jesus is uh, speaking about the way of the cross. Uh, it is a living and dying metaphor that he uses. So he says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross uh, deny self. If you want to save your life, you'll, you'll lose it. If you lose your life, you'll find it. Now, that's shocking to our ears. But what Jesus is really uh, saying here is, I know what brings death to you. Uh, sin brings death to you. Your desires bring death to you. Uh, the ways of this corrupted world uh, bring death to you. And so what Jesus is saying um, I'm going to invite you to die to the things that only bring more death. And when we die to those things uh, that just bring death, he, he promises that there is going to be life. The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life uh, to the full. So this living and dying uh, metaphor is part of part of the Christian way 
of life. Uh, in baptism, in Romans chapter 6, um, Paul says that in baptism we die with Christ. We are crucified with Christ. Our sins are placed on the cross with Christ. They go into the grave with Christ. But uh, that's not the end. We also live with Jesus. We are resurrected with him. And so baptism connects us to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Paul also says in Colossians chapter 3, he says, uh, in repentance, we also put to death the sinful nature and its desires, and we set our heart on uh, things above. And so there's this living and dying in the Christian faith. Uh, it's really a spirituality of the cross. Now, Jesus is also our example in this uh, cross-bearing life, but also our example in the resurrection. So let's be careful when we say Jesus as example. Again, this is not performance. This is what we speak of as the receptive life. Uh, we don't do good works uh, in order to earn favor with God. So we don't see Jesus as an example that we are to then follow and do our works and then present them to the Father. Uh, no, we are to see ourselves as ones receiving first the works of Jesus and then flowing out of that resurrected life, him living in us, uh, our life will abound with good works because Christ is working in us and through us. So we are to see Jesus as an example, not in the sense that uh, he will say this is the way to earn eternal life um, and he gives us a new set of laws but rather he gives to us himself, uh, his works. So the scriptures speak of him as the righteous one, uh, our brother, the one who has lived perfectly the law on our behalf so that he could be the perfect then sin bearer, right? The innocent one now becomes sin for us, as, as Paul would say. The one who knew no sin became sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of, of God. And so when we receive the works of Jesus, uh, again, we are connected to Jesus in his death and resurrection. Now there's given to us new motives and new thoughts and new desires uh, because Christ lives within us. So that's the context. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, not our righteousness, not performance, but rather reception, receiving the righteousness, the good works of, of another. Galatians chapter 2 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself up for me, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Again, speaking about where does this righteousness come from? It can't be gained by keeping the law perfectly. Only one has done that. Uh, that's our brother, the righteous one, Jesus. And he gives himself for us because he has loved us, and we receive that by faith. And so uh, we die with Christ, we live with Christ, and that's why Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, the spirituality of the cross, the way of the cross, you can see it in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter says, to this uh, you were called because Christ suffered for you, 
leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So there is an example set, right? But again, this example is not about performance to earn God's favor. It is about this uh, response to receiving the works of Jesus, and now he lives within us. And this now is the way of the cross. And so Peter says, uh, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Uh, Then he quotes Isaiah 53. He, speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Verse 23. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So there's that little word entrusted. And uh, we're going to use the word commend or entrust in this daily practice when we talk about evening and morning prayer. Into thy hands, Heavenly Father, I commend or I entrust. So we're just following the pattern of Jesus when they hurled their insults at him. He didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, what did he do? He entrusted himself. He commended himself into the hands of him who judges justly. Peter continues, verse 24. Again, he's quoting Isaiah 53. He says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. And so, again, that picture of being connected to Jesus. In our baptism, we are uh, connected to Jesus in his death. Our sins are with him. He himself bore our sins, Isaiah 53, so that we might die to sins and then live for righteousness. So death and resurrection to the cross and uh, out of the tomb with Jesus. Now, again, back to the meaning of the second article of uh, the Apostles' Creed, always building on these foundations and uh, having them buried deep within our heart. So in this little meaning to the second article, Martin Luther says, well, what do we believe? We believe that Jesus Christ is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary. He's my Lord. And what what has he done as Lord? He's redeemed me. Who am I? Lost and condemned creature. What has Jesus done? Purchased and won me, delivered me from all sins, from death, from the power of the devil. How? Not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death. Again, the righteous one is Jesus. The innocent suffering and death is his. For what purpose? Well, in order that I may be wholly his, that I might be his own, live under him in his kingdom, Serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. That's the way of the cross. Uh, Being his, I belong to Christ. I'm living under him in his kingdom. I'm serving him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Again, um, this is all gift. We received the righteousness, the innocence, the blessedness of, of Jesus. And we uh, also rule and reign with him. Even as he is risen from the dead, the little meaning says, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. So we make use of Jesus. The cross as a sacrifice for sin. He is the atonement. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Uh, We make use of Jesus uh, 
in the sense that the cross is victory. All things have been put under his feet. Uh, we have been purchased. We have been delivered. We uh, rule and reign with Christ. Nothing can separate us from him. And also the cross now as we live is uh, the Christian's way of life. You know, Peter saying, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Uh, you don't have in mind the things of God, but you have in mind the things of men. And so Christ living in us, always uh, changing us, giving to us um, his desires for the kingdom, uh, his way of life within this world. So a lot there when we talk about making the sign of the cross and saying the Trinitarian invocation in the name of the Father, name of the Son, name of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so make that sign of the cross, make that a practice, uh, have the name of God placed upon yourselves. And then also, you know, these little phrases that you can meditate on about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the one uh, who is for me. Jesus is the one who has promised never to leave, never to forsake. He is always with me. And I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so we can say Christ uh, lives in me and also works through me. And then we can always uh, confidently and boldly say amen to that, which is yes, yes, uh, it is so.